0: AJ Jones.
1: Monsieur Jones.
0: Look out of our window and tell me what you see. Oh, it's
1: so beautiful and sunny and it's like 70-something degrees, like 72 or something.
0: This is what spring in Nashville should feel like.
1: This is what spring in Nashville feels like. <laughs> yeah, but
0: last couple of weeks it's not felt like that.
1: Well, maybe it hasn't technically been spring.
0: I know, but look at it. It's gorgeous, clear Stunning, blue skies. Sunny. Bright sun. Oh, nice breeze. So nice. I love it.
1: I'm considering camping with the children in the uh, yard this evening.
0: I'm not going to fight you for that.
1: You mean you don't want to camp? Never. So strange.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Are you not worried about coyotes gnawing you to pieces at night? Mm, no. Why?
1: How would they get in our tent?
0: Well, isn't your tent just like thin mesh?
1: What makes you think a coyote wants to come and gnaw me to pieces?
0: I don't know. These are the things I think about when I think about the great outdoors. <laughs> Not the suburban Tennessee is the great outdoors, but you get my drift.
1: How many coyotes have you seen in our backyard?
0: Uh, in my imagination, tons. <laughs> and they all have M16s. Oh, mm-hmm. well,
1: very creative.
0: Talk to me about this week.
1: It was a great week. We had Chris Pray at the school, which was lovely. Love me some Chris hmm
0: Really,
1: really good. And and then what? We just had a whole bunch of meetings. Um, so it was
0: a relatively low, like low traffic, low activity. It was. Nobody in town. Yes. Run of the mill week. It was really nice. Kids were in school.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And then you took the girls to see Cinderella. Talk to me about Cinderella. What did I miss?
1: What did you miss? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, it was, it's. I was surprised at how good it is, because I feel like usually Disney tries to at least have some aspect of it that's really dark. Um, but
0: Isn't it by its very nature a dark story?
1: Well, you know, Cinderella has no parents, but then no Disney princess has a mother. Um, go ahead, try and think of one single Disney princess that has a mother. They're all dead. And then the majority of them, their dad is dead, too. <laughs> but a couple of them have dads. <laughs> so, you know.
0: Elsa and Anna. Have, I just made up those names. They had a mom and dad.
1: Yeah, who died at the beginning of the film.
0: That's yeah, true. <laughs> so There must be a Disney princess with a mother.
1: Think of one. Uh, you have till the end of the podcast to come up with a Disney princess with a mother.
0: All right, now I'm feeling pressure.
1: <laughs> so, anyway... Uh, you know, we obviously knew that going in, but but great theme in it of courage and kindness were the sort of main things, um, and forgiveness. Really, really good themes um, going through it, and you know, really not dark. Like the the girls were fine. If if the movie is. At all dark, they'll both be in your lap and, you know, whatever. They were fine.
0: They did not handle the Nightmare on Elm Street parts 1 through 7 no, at it all. No, was
1: horrible. I mean, you should have seen them a little wimps. <laughs> <laughs> Abby or Tia did it at one point when the, when the dad dies, when Cinderella's dad dies. Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, but you knew already, didn't you? Come on, people. Um, she looks at me and she goes, Mommy, I think I might need to cry. Which reminds me of when you say, I think I might emote. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like... Baby, do you need to sit with Mommy for a minute? I think so, but I might still cry. And I was like, that's okay, baby. So she cried. And then at the end, somebody else dies.
0: Like a diathon.
1: Well, Abby at the end said, why did all the adults die? And I was like, yeah. So I said to her, well, you know, no Disney princess has a mom. And often they don't have dads. For some reason, that just seems to be a theme with the Disney princess stories. Abby goes, why would they do that with kids' stories? <laughs> I was like, excellent point. Point well made, <laughs> seven year old. So it was kind of funny. But anyway, very well done. Um, clever. It was just really good.
0: And then we attempted to tidy our house. Well that felt like too much like hard work, so we just left it in the squalor that we found it.
1: Well, it's not quite the squalor that we found it. You did a great job of tidying away a bunch of stuff that has basically been sitting on our counter for like two months.
0: Say that again but louder.
1: You did a great job. (laughs) 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 So that was great. You know, less clutter, more better. So
0: less clutter, more better. Okay, I'm gonna gloss (laughs) over that grammar. (laughs) You spoke at church this morning. How did that happen?
1: did well poor sweet jeff called yesterday and wasn't feeling up to snuff and um
0: what's it like coming up with a message in less than 24 hours
1: it wasn't hard because i already had something that the lord was sort of brewing in my heart although i was going to speak it at emanate tomorrow so i might have to come up with something new <laughs> for tomorrow but um yeah so when he phoned i was like oh that i could easily do that i mean if that would be helpful so um yeah it was it wasn't hard i didn't feel stressed about that at all
0: i'll put a link to your sermon so people can watch it if they want it on youtube cool and then all our awesome students left on outreach this week
1: they did they're doing this stuff all over the world Oh
0: no, we have a team in nashville that stayed behind to bless our city mm-hmm. we have a team in georgia and mississippi we have a team in scotland yes and a team that just arrived in uganda yep which is amazing. It, if it you would amazing. like to follow along with our students, if you go to schoolofsupernaturallifeorg slash blog, you can read all about their stories. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. But that was fun sending our students off.
1: Yeah, and they were so stoked to go to. And it was great because all of their travel worked out great. No trouble with customs or anything like that. So they're,
0: they're good to go. So what do we do while the students are out on outreach?
1: Um, we try and get caught up on all the things that haven't been getting done while they've been here.
0: <laughs> like reading applications Like for the reading school.
1: applications, yeah. So we're going to get out a whole bunch of acceptance letters this, this week and that kind of stuff. So if you've been thinking about putting in an application, put it in now. You'll hear back fi- faster. <laughs> Finish those apps, people. I have started drinking something called Slim and Sassy. Which is an essential oil that you put in your water.
0: It smells like Drano.
1: It tastes like Drano. I mean, it's just hideous. I basically taste, feel like I am drinking hippie toilet cleaner in my water.
0: <laughs> so, how's Slim and Sassy going? I can tell the sassy part is working.
1: <laughs> the sassy part is definitely working. It's supposed to like bump up your metabolism or something. And
0: But do you notice any difference?
1: Yeah, I do. You need to nap last? I should probably confess that I ate some things yesterday I shouldn't have, but somehow I still lost weight. (laughs) We were at the theater. It was unavoidable. It was my destiny.
0: It was your density.
1: (laughs) It was my density. I have a Twizzler weakness.
0: You know, this was an interesting week in terms of, like, Monday, I started watching John Paul Jackson's memorial service. Mm. And then I went straight into the Apple Watch announcement. So it was like Monday was a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know John Paul Jackson, John Paul Jackson lived here in the States and was part of the Kansas City Prophets in 1984, kind of the prophetic, broke back onto the scene. And Mike Bickle had joy of pastoring all these prophets that were in his church. John Paul was one of them. He later moved out to Anaheim, California, where he um, traveled and worked alongside John Wimber of the Vineyard Movement. And um, then later was in Dallas, Fort Worth. Spent some time in New England, then went back to Dallas, Fort Worth. But John Paul was one of the f- basically one of the best teachers on the prophetic, the art of hearing God's voice, and on dream interpretation. A remarkable gift set with a huge emphasis on godly character, and um, one of my biggest inspirations in the prophetic. So watching his memorial with people, you know, saying amazing things about them. Give me a lot to reflect on, really. Hmm. Start thinking about, you know, legacy. Start thinking about the impact that we have on people's lives. Start thinking about the, you know, the impact he had on my life, for example. And we only met a few times. But all the impact I received from him was not from me meeting him. It was from listening to his CDs, his tapes, and reading, reading his books.
1: Right. Makes you think about how important that stuff is when it feels, it can feel like publishing your stuff is self-important but really it's it's resourcing people that could never possibly get to where you are
0: yeah it's an interesting battle isn't it yeah you know whenever you write anything whenever you release a teaching whenever you write an article or a book or you're invite to speak somewhere there's always that little thing in your heart where you're like mm, am i you know why am i doing this and i think probably to be effective in ministry you have to get over that thing mm-hmm. and settle it once for all and just be obedient to God. I I was just listening to people reflect on John Paul's life. And actually the thing that caught my attention was how his his friend said for years, John Paul didn't think he was prophetic, Wow, which is hysterical when you think he's one of the most prophetic voices of, you know, our generation. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow the devil managed to convince him he wasn't prophetic. Right. And so I was thinking about that in our lives, you know, how the devil will often come along and convince us that we're not what we clearly are. Which is why you need community around you, so that other people can tell you what you are. Exactly. John Paul had this great saying. He would say, if you have to tell people who you are, they'll never believe you. But if they tell you who you are, you'll never convince them otherwise. I think that's one of the beauties of living in community and the joy of the local church.
1: Being able to call each other to life and that kind of stuff. For sure, for sure.
0: What do you think about the Apple Watch?
1: (gasps) It's beautiful. beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Are you having a stroke?
1: It's so pretty.
0: Yes, I very much like it. It's funny, you know, watching lots of people's opinions on it. It's remarkable how similar people's reactions are to the first iPhone. You know, there's one group who are like you, just going, oh, so beautiful, it's going to be amazing. Another group going, like, I don't really get it. I already have a watch. It already does everything my cell phone does. And that's pretty much what people said when the first iPhone came out. They're like, yeah, pretty much does what my palm trio does. Do you remember Palm Trails, incidentally? No. Right.
1: <laughs> Do they still exist?
0: So it'll be interesting to see what happens when they come out. No, they don't.
1: I, 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 well, you know, I've wanted a watch since last fall. So, and then right before I was going to spend my birthday money on a watch, they announced the Apple Watch.
0: Right. And aren't so, you glad you waited?
1: I'm super excited about that watch. Yeah. I love it. I love so much about it. I love that you can change the face. I just, I love that you can draw little pictures on your phone and send them to people. I love everything. I love the health and fitness stuff of it.
0: I'm wondering if it'll mean you answer your phone more.
1: Well, I think because my wrist will ring, probably <laughs> it's probably gonna it's probably gonna be really good for our marriage <laughs> when I'm walking around in grocery stores and don't feel my butt vibrating with my phone in my back pocket. <laughs>
0: Speaking about your butt vibrating, let's talk about some <laughs> of my favourite things.
1: <laughs> Naughty.
0: Um, this week we were going to talk about happiness, and I don't know whether it's just because the sun is out, and I've been singing Pharrell's happy song.
1: Because I'm happy, ding, Thank you. Ding, ding, <laughs> you have ding, to sing ding, every episode. Ding, 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 ding. Go ahead, I'll be the background singer.
0: And we're done. But I wanted us to talk about happiness. Yes. So... Talk to me about what makes you happy.
1: My kids make me happy.
0: Now, forgive me for sounding like a robot, but (laughs) why do your kids make you happy? (laughs) Because,
1: Because they just do. They're so cute. And they're adorable. And they just, I don't know, they're just living life. I think I can learn a lot about happiness from them. They don't get thrown by the details. They just sort of shift, and then they find out something else to play with.
0: Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Are you... Do they give you happiness in the moment or do they give you happiness upon reflection of the moment?
1: It depends. Some moments they don't give me happiness. Some moments I'm just exhausted. But overall, yes, I'm absolutely happy, thrilled.
0: Were you it. as happy before you had children?
1: Um probably in different moments I was I suppose it's a different kind of deal. I don't know how to explain it. I have a different kind of joy in watching them than than in just, like, other aspects of life.
0: But I don't remember being unhappy before I had kids.
1: No, I wasn't unhappy.
0: So it's not like there was, a, you know, a joy component missing from not having kids. Right. But when you had kids, another level of joy came along? Is that yeah. what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I think because you—it's another level of love, and therefore another level of joy.
0: What else makes you happy? Mm, sushi. Wait, let's just pause right there. Mm-hmm. You go from oh, the joy that I mean, your children you? bring you <laughs> to dead fish.
1: Forget about raw fish. You, you baby, you're the one. We're talking <laughs> sushi.
0: Where did your love of sushi come from?
1: Oh, uh, I had some friends when I was, you know, a lot younger, like nineteen, twenty, that sort of in that age group that love sushi. And so I started going and having sushi with them and it became like a I mean, really for many, many years I would have sushi two or three times a week. I made my own sushi at home and
0: What if you've if our listeners have never eaten sushi before, what do you suggest they start with?
1: Well first of all, go to a good sushi restaurant.
0: Not a gas station. Or Or a a grocery store. You will not get good sushi. No, at I mean of those places. you know
1: Whole Foods has relatively okay sushi, but it, I think people who already like sushi eat it and enjoy it. But if it's your first attempt at sushi, good heavens, no! Like, go to a great sushi place. Like, and what do you
0: suggest they start with?
1: Um, yeah, you, you mean if they want to do raw fish, yeah, something like a uh, a salmon roll, a salmon roll or a tuna roll. Nothing like. Killer spicy
0: But it is the thought that freaks you out
1: Yeah, sometimes people get freaked out over the texture
0: Oh no, the texture's amazing I
1: know But I mean, that's the thing If you have high quality fish, like if you're at a good place, the texture's great If you have chewy sushi, you're not having good sushi
0: Chewy sushi, (laughs) ah, run away, people run away Our first ever date was a sushi Well, that's not true Our first ever date was at some
1: A Thai place was it Thai? Queen Mother Cafe, yeah. No.
0: no, no, no. That mm-hmm. wasn't our first date.
1: With Stuart and Lindley.
0: I'm not counting that as a date. That was a chaperoned event that was a train wreck. Our <laughs> uh, <laughs> first date oh, was on Valentine's Day. It, that
1: was at a Thai place as well, Jasmine. But it
0: wasn't, it wasn't Jasmine's. It was right next to, on the Queensway. it was right next to where Starbucks mm-hmm. and Chapters mm-hmm. was.
1: That was Jasmine's.
0: But it wasn't Thai, was it? Was yes. it
1: just Thai? It totally was Thai. Oh,
0: okay. I'm not going to argue with you. (laughs) Our second date then, yes, was sushi. It was, and I didn't know what to do.
1: You didn't, poor little love. I think I, I think I ordered your food, didn't I?
0: Right, and then proceeded to show me how to mix the wasabi into the
1: into the soy, and and then proceeded to show me how to eat it. Yeah,
0: and then how to pay for it.
1: I always feel bad for people that uh, try and bite sushi rolls in half because the whole point is that you're trying to get all those flavors together. So you just have to not care about what it looks like, and try and get the whole thing in at once.
0: But are you honestly telling me that <laughs> raw fish makes you happy?
1: Oh, I love sushi. It makes me happy. If I think about sushi, I just get happy. <laughs> I might be a little bit a kind of food person. Do you think
0: that it's the sushi itself or the memories associated by eating good sushi with good friends? Or is it just the sushi on its own? Well,
1: I suppose it could be both. I don't typically go and eat sushi with people I don't want to hang out with. <laughs> True. So, yeah. What makes you happy? While I have a sneaking suspicion as to what your answer will be, surely there's other things you could talk about. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking.
0: (laughs) I think there's so many things that make me happy. I have an enormous joy bucket. And lots of things can go in that joy bucket. Mm -hmm. So... I love when things are done excellently. Mm -hmm. So I love being around people of excellence. Mm -hmm. I love being in environments that are crafted excellently. So some of my happiest moments, I've been staying in exquisite hotels. Yes. Like just the atmosphere of being in a lobby or in the suite or, you know, of a really beautiful hotel. And I'm not doing anything. That makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Eating at a really fine restaurant that has thought behind it honestly that's why i get so much joy from using apple products because everything about all of their products is intentional Mm -hmm. and i feel that when i use them and so there's a joy there a genuine joy i love i derive great satisfaction and great happiness from finishing tasks yeah i derive great satisfaction happiness and joy from being with people i love people who are not a a draw mm-hmm. but people who are life-giving so i yeah. just i love that i love some of the times i've cherished the most of being with friends that you you know just love to be with and you maybe catch up with and you haven't seen in a while that's just joy and then being alone i love being alone <laughs> well no let's change it from being alone I love uninterrupted time, large expanses of time that are not going to be interrupted I do too, so if you joy. can
1: add a latte into there as well, right, but <laughs> <laughs> the my only problem with large uninterrupted amounts of time is I miss Muggins within about an
0: hour. You know what else I love what airports
1: yeah, you're strange like that.
0: I really am. You've love, always liked them. Always loved airports. I'm just happy in airports. I don't know why.
1: You used to drive great joy out of knowing how everything worked for us to travel the way that we did. You know. Yeah, I love the understanding. Upgrades things. and the different points, and you know, basically knowing how to work the system and all that kind of stuff.
0: You know, what else drives me? I, joy is teaching. Yeah. I really enjoy teaching.
1: Yeah. Me too. I was thinking this morning, I'm like, I think the reason it's not stressful to find out the day before that you're going to teach is I have so much fun doing it. Right. So it's not, it's just like, okay, God, I know you're always talking. I know you want to say something. So this is fun.
0: You know, there's a brain exercise you do, and Christine will be able to tell us more about this, but when you remember or when you talk and express about things that give you joy, it activates joy in the brain. Mm-hmm. So I feel really joyful right now. Mm-hmm. Perhaps my voice doesn't suggest that. I feel really joyful right now.
1: I love having one-on-one conversations with, like, girlfriends and stuff like that. Um, I love double dates. I love when we go to Wild Ginger and have sushi and play Monopoly Deal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love hosting people at our house.
1: yeah. I love cooking for people. I, I love, love cooking for people. Do you really? I do. And I love teaching people to cook.
0: Everybody, our house tonight. Dinner's on AJ. <laughs> no,
1: but I mean, like, I get really excited about, you know, being able to pass on something that's a passion, but it's also a fun passion and knowing you're equipping somebody to be able to do something, you know? So I, I love teaching people how to cook or just having people over and, you know, t- cooking them something that would speak to them that I thought about them, that kind of
0: thing. I love technology. Yes, you do. I, You know what? I I don't know if this is perverse, but I love the fact that the nicest piece of technology you can buy today will be redundant within five years. Why do you love that? I don't know why I love that, because I know that in five years the amount of joy I'm experiencing now will be replicate in five years time
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I, I you know I need a new laptop I'm thinking of getting a new laptop and I'm realizing that no matter which laptop I buy
1: it's obsolete in five years
0: and the one I'm going to buy five years later is going to be so much better right I just so I love the constant rate of change and I love all that stuff
1: that's really interesting babe because most people don't actually enjoy change that much
0: <laughs> I think we quite like change don't we I do. We've had a lot of it in our life.
1: That's probably, you either have to like it, or you're just going to not like a whole bunch of stuff about what God does and how he does it.
0: (laughs) You know what else makes me happy? Is seeing the genuine anointing of God operate in people's lives. Mm -hmm. Whether that's someone dancing, or somebody speaking, or somebody prophesying, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or somebody performing miracles... I, I just love that. I love seeing the kindness of God at work in people's lives.
1: Yeah, same.
0: You know, we've got friends who you can see the anointing of God operate in their life when they have people over for dinner. They've got a real gift of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to watch that. Yeah. I derive as much joy from that as watching somebody call out the secrets of somebody's heart. I love it.
1: Yeah, because they're operating in what they're meant to do. It's quite amazing.
0: You know what else I love? I love being still Of course I love you (laughs) Yeah of course I love you (laughs) Thanks baby (laughs) But I love I love Being around people Who are still And I love being still And by that I mean People who are are Content to be themselves And are not trying to fake A version of themselves
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I just love the peace That comes with that
1: It's amazing Do you know what I'm happy about With this weather? Our screened in porch hmm Mm-hmm. Coffee and a screen and porch. What could be better?
0: What are some of your go-to things to do to raise your joy level when you're not feeling joyful or happy?
1: Um, if there's an ability to be creative, that would help me a lot. Like draw or you know, even if it's on my iPad or, you know, whatever, some sort of creativity. Or go for a walk. Going for a walk helps me a lot. Does it really? Yeah. Just getting moving. I don't know why. It just does. I think probably exercise, though, does something with your endorphins.
0: I'm sure that's written somewhere.
1: I'm sure. Somewhere it says something about that.
0: I find that if I can get away and be quiet and connect with God, my joy level returns. hmm I find that being creative doesn't help me because I just get frustrated at how uncreative I feel at that point.
1: Oh. Well, I suppose that makes sense.
0: Mm. What about people? Don't you find that people are a great source of joy?
1: Yes, I do.
0: So, if you need joy, do you not find that connecting with people brings you joy?
1: Sometimes, yes, and sometimes, no. If I'm depleted, like depleted, depleted, I just need time with the Lord so that I can get back to being buoyant. Right. And then, then people are good. But, uh, yeah, if I'm just sort of not joyful slash bored, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just at that, like, oh, I don't feel like down in the dumps. I just feel like meh. Then yeah, if I can get around some friends, I, totally, it. I love it. it. Makes me feel full. I'm right on the border between an extrovert and an introvert. Sometimes I don't know what I am.
0: <laughs> You're a fine piece of Canadian engineering, That's is what you are,
1: right, baby.
0: We have two things we'd like to leave you with. First thing is our School of Supernatural Life. Yes. Talk about joy. One of the most joy-giving things is being able to impart to other people all that God's given you. And we have a two-year school. First year, both years run eight months long. They start in September. We graduate our students in April. Mm -hmm. And the first year is just an incredible opportunity for you to come and learn all about the love of God, His excitement for you, His love for you, It's an amazing opportunity to set aside time and receive healing, even in areas you didn't know you needed healing. They're the best types. It's a great time to get eight months of training into you. We'll teach you how to prophesy, how to hear God's voice, how to heal the sick, how to preach, um, how to be powerful and courteous at the same time. And then we'll send you an outreach somewhere in the world.
1: Well, and you also build incredible community going through a school you know with all these other people but you know typically the schools range somewhere between you know 40 to 70 students so it's not a massive uh school and it's funny watching now you see them you still see students hanging out in friend groups from their you know schools which is quite fun too
0: And then if you've already graduated the school, you already know the joy of doing school, and we'd love you to come back for a second year. Launching this September is our second year School of Supernatural Life.
1: Come on, Pam! And
0: we'd love to bring you back for more of what you had, and also drawn out the greatness that's in you as a leader. We'll stoke up a passion in you to be a leader, someone who loves the word and is equipped uh, more than you can imagine. If if all of that sounds fascinating to you, head over to schoolofsupernaturallife.org for all the information on how to apply on that. And as I said, if you apply now, the chances are this week we'll read your application and get back to you as quickly as we can.
1: Right. And if you started your application already, because I know you're out there, (laughs) go ahead and finish it so that we can uh, get those read and get some information back
0: to you. The second thing we'd like to talk to you about is the MORE conference. Running May 15th to May 16th. It's a Friday night, all day Saturday. We have the joy of hosting Graham Cook, And Jonathan David and Melissa Helser. Graham Cook is just one of the most prolific writers out there today. Originally hailing from Southampton, England, now lives in California with his wife, Teresa. Those two will be here with us that weekend. Graham will be ministering. Graham is a prophet, a teacher, an author a man of incredible wisdom. And he was here at our church five years ago and was absolutely astonishing. And so we'd love you to come and spend a weekend with Graham. And Jonathan, David, and Melissa are from North Carolina. They're worship leaders. They've just been signed to Bethel Music. And they have penned some of the great worship anthems of this season. And we're excited that they're coming to lead worship. You can find information about that at musthavemore.com.
1: Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And it is filling out pretty fast. We're already close to half full because our sanctuary right. is not huge. So if you're thinking about coming, now's a great time to to get your tickets. So you make sure that your ticket is for the main sanctuary as opposed to overflow.
0: If you would like to contact us, if you would like to ask us a question, if you would like to suggest a topic for us to talk about on the podcast, visit alanandaj.com. That's a l y n A-L-Y-N-A-J.com. And, A-J.com. and <laughs> uh, head on over there. And you can browse our teaching, our resources, our blogs, and you can give us some feedback. We hope you have an amazing week that is filled with joy and filled with happiness. And sunshine. And sunshine, no matter where you are in the world. Amen. We love you guys.
1: Bye.